Hi, this is Jesse Brisnine. I believe that it is possible to live an extraordinary life after loss, and to do that, one must first choose to heal. This podcast is focused on sharing with you inspiring stories, tangible tools, and life strategies to help you heal from your loss. I'm not interested in helping people just feel good for a moment. I'm interested in really helping people make long-lasting and life changes. And to do that, I need you to, to be an active participant in it. Make sense? Without further ado, let's jump into today's training. So I put we put a poll up. Well, first of all, I asked people to leave suggestions. We had four really great suggestions. We pulled it. And of those, this was the biggest one that people wanted some help with was releasing anger and finding forgiveness. So I want to start this with about why we choose anger. And I want to be clear with that word, the use of choice, because anger may not sometimes seem like a choice. Right? Most of us, when we're angry, especially when we're talking about loss, we're angry because something has happened that we never want happen and we never choose for it to happen. Trust me, I've, I've felt anger each time I've lost a loved one, and I, I recognize that emotion. What I'm speaking here to specifically is the persistent anger, the lingering anger, and why do we choose that? Why do we, go, why do we find ourselves going there? And it's important to understand why we do what we do so that we can actually have a space to make change with make changes with it. Now, with that being said, I want to preface this by saying some of you may be at a point in your journey where you want to hold on to your anger. And and from a place of love, I I totally respect that. This is your journey, and it's yours to travel as you wish. But for those of you who are becoming aware that your anger isn't serving you, and it's keeping you stuck, and it's not helping you heal and move forward, I really encourage you to listen to this with an open heart. Oftentimes, so there's there's a quite a few reasons why we will choose anger. Three of the big ones that come to mind are, number one, anger gives us a sense of certainty. When, when we lose a loved one, as you all know, often the most, the greatest level of uncertainty we will ever face is that time immediately after loss because our whole proverbial world has completely changed. You know, those expressions, life is turned upside down, is quite appropriate for it because it really does feel that way. And in some cases, it has. Everything we knew, all of our routines, all of our habits, everything that had been familiar for us us, has now become completely unfamiliar, completely foreign, and nothing seems to make sense, nor does it resonate and connect. So we can get angry because in a time of great uncertainty, when nothing makes sense, anger gives us certainty. One of the greatest examples, I think, is, is have you ever been in an argument with your significant other? And during the argument, there's a part of you, if you're being really honest with yourself, knows that you're being completely ridiculous here, that you're totally out of line, and that you're in the, you're at fault. But when you're being angry and you're pointing the finger, you're accusing, you're blaming them, you feel totally justified and 100% right, right? And we'll keep anger around because anger, what it does is it takes our scope of vision and narrows it so much that we can focus in on what we're angry about And that gives us 100% certainty, being pissed off, being frustrated, all those things. We feel absolute certainty in that. And in a time when we feel so uncertain because nothing makes sense and everything's changed, we will crave certainty and we will seek it out like our lives depend on it. Another reason why we keep anger around is the presence of anger can keep us from having to deal with the emotions that we may not want to deal with. It can keep us from having to deal with those uncomfortable thoughts, those uncomfortable feelings. It can deal, can keep us from having to confront the reality of, of losing someone, someone very special or something very special. 
And as long as we're angry and pissed off, we don't have to deal with that, right? Uh, and you'll hear people who are really angry often say, I can't deal with that right now. I have to deal with this. And that keeps getting shoved aside, shoved aside, shoved aside. And then time ticks by. We're still angry. We're still upset. Two weeks, two months, two years, all those things have continued to go. Times continue to pass. And we still haven't dealt with the anger. We still haven't dealt with the emotion, the loss, whatever it was that triggered the anger because we've kept so much time being angry. So anger becomes a shield, a shield that keeps us from having to deal with stuff. Also, anger gives us a way to avoid responsibility and also allows us to assign, assign blame. What do I mean by responsibility? Responsibility is not to imply that you're at cause for the loss that you're experiencing. Responsibility is going to be our own, our own feelings of maybe guilt, of regret, of resentment, things we didn't deal with when we had the opportunity to, when we were in the relationship, when the person was still alive, that we buried, that we pushed off until tomorrow. And one of the things that can be the hardest after loss is confronting those emotions and recognizing the shoulda, woulda, coulda's, that you could have done more, you should have, you could have said you're sorry, you could have let things go, you know, whatever that is for you. So as long as we're angry, we don't have to deal with that, we can avoid that. <clears throat> also, anger helps us assign blame, right? We can point the finger at this person, that person, everything else, and blame them for our loss, which is in turn blaming them for how we feel, right? When we're blaming somebody for our loss, what it does is it's it's also implying that they are responsible for us feeling that way. If they contributed to the loss, do they have a responsibility to it? Absolutely. But us feeling that way, and this is this can be hard to understand or maybe accept, but us feeling that way is our experience. And the reason why this is important is because if we're pointing the finger of blame and we're saying that that person is responsible for us feeling this way, it gives away our power. And in those moments, what we're doing is we're saying, here, here's the keys to my emotional state, and that person gets to have it forever until you decide to take it back, which most people may not ever do that. I don't want to see any of you do that, so I really want you just to encourage you to examine this idea of it is, is, is really taking responsibility for the emotions and, and assigning blame. Remember when we have a finger pointing somewhere else, we always have a few fingers pointing back at us. And this isn't to excuse, I know some of you on here have been through horrible and horrendous things. This isn't to excuse anything, and I'll give you a personal example. When my friend Gabe committed suicide, took his life, and I found him, and I won't go into all the details with that. But for a long time, I wanted to blame Gabe for the fallout in my life from that. My relationships faltered. The girlfriend I was dating at the time left. She couldn't handle me being sad and down. My business started to fall apart, and I was so angry and pissed off at Gabe for doing it. You know, I, my language is often, how could you do this to me? My life was so good. Things were going well. You did this. It's your fault. I kept saying Gabe, but I had these three fingers that were always pointing back at me. And those three fingers kept saying, Jesse, you have to recognize that Gabe's gone and what I'm experiencing today is not Gabe making me experience this today. What I'm feeling and experiencing today is me and how I'm perceiving things. See, I was always going to be angry at Gabe if I always faulted Gabe for how I was feeling. I was always going to be angry at him if I always blamed him for what was going on in my life. The reality was is that he wasn't making me feel sad. He wasn't making me feel angry. He wasn't making me that. I was doing that because that was how I felt and that was what I was expressing. And also, I didn't have somebody to sit down and talk with, like I hope that you all can find in me, 
that could give me a different perspective on these things and empower me that I have choice in this. I have, I have some tools. I have options available to me. My girlfriend didn't leave because of Gabe. My girlfriend left because I was feeling a certain way, and that wasn't the relationship she signed up for. My business didn't start to falter because of Gabe. My business started to falter because I wasn't present because I was occupying my thoughts elsewhere. My friendships didn't suffer because of Gabe. My friendship suffered because I became, I was behaving and acting in a different way and they didn't know how to handle that. And that's no fault of their own. Nobody gave them a blueprint or a, a schematic of how they were supposed to be. They were just doing the best they could with what they have, just the same as I was, which gave me space to either love them for that and forgive them for not having all the answers just like I did it. Or I could still be angry and pissed off, which that wasn't gonna get me anywhere. All right, so I just wanna set that context for anger real quick. About why we choose anger. Now there's another part of anger that I really encourage those of you who are struggling with anger to look at. And that is the message in anger. Anger is going to be present. Most of our emotions are going to be present because there's going to be a message with it. But most of us don't stop to ask the messenger what the message is because we're too focused on reacting to the emotion that comes up. If we were to stop and ask the messenger anger what the message is, we might find different answers. If we find ourselves angry and we ask ourselves, literally ask yourself, why am I angry right now? You know, what's the motivation behind me being angry? What is anger trying to tell me? That's a powerful one. What, what, what are you trying to tell me right now? You know, treat your anger as a dinner, dinner guest at a table and ask them, what are you trying to teach me right now? What's the message you're trying to pass on? And if you listen, not from your mind, which is going to react and respond, but from your heart, which will often be much more open and much more willing to play this conversation game, you might find that the reason anger is there is because anger is saying, hey, there's something that you need to deal with. Anger might be there because it's saying, hey, you need to, there's, there's a emotion that you're not dealing with that you need to address. Anger might be there because it's saying, hey, there's something about you in this that you haven't worked through. Anger might be there because it's saying, hey, you've tried to do this on your own and it's not working. You need to go to the next level. Seek out help and guidance from an expert, uh, somebody who you really look up to. Right? There could be lots of messages in anger. And my promise to you is this, is that more often than not, those messages are not get angry just to get angry. Your unconscious mind, which is in charge of keeping you alive, it regulates your heart rate, your blood flow, oxygen, all the things that are going on right now that we biologically have to have to keep us alive. Because if we had to do it all consciously, we'd just all fall over, and that would be that. Your unconscious mind wants the best for you. And anger can help the best for you in the moments because it can give you certainty when you're uncertain. It can give you, you can give you, create that wall to protect you from having to deal with things. It can give you the excuses. It can it help you avoid responsibility if that's necessary. But there's going to become a time where you recognize that that may not be the healthiest thing for you. And that might be an intuitive feeling. It just might be a fleeting, fleeting thought if I could talk. And when you have those, that's your opportunity to start asking that messenger questions. What's important is when you ask, listen for the answer, then do something with it. Does this make sense so far? Is this helpful? So now I want to, we'll switch to the forgiveness piece. Hey, Katie, good to see you on here. Let's switch to the forgiveness piece. I don't want to get too in-depth with forgiveness because I have a whole forgiveness process that's offered in the Healing from Loss training 
which is if you haven't taken that training yet, I highly, highly encourage you to do so. It can be so profound. It can be so life-transforming. I'll throw a link to it in here. And I run you through an, an entire forgiveness process that I've run. I don't know how many people through this process from all over the world and just about every single person who does it and really does it with an open heart talks about how transformative it is. What I will touch on with forgiveness is to really get to a space to forgive. You need to let go of the anger. And I've given you some ways to start to examine your anger and maybe start to let go of it. And then also sometimes people will be resistant on forgiving because they want to hold blame and fault on another person. Forgiveness has nothing to do with that other person. Forgiveness is all about you. Because your emotion that you're directing to them only affects them if they choose to allow it to affect them. But who it's definitely 100% going to affect any and all the time is going to be you. When we're holding on to that kind of stuff, when we're, we're stewing in that toxicity, it's like voluntarily taking sludge and sewer water and drinking it and then just keeping it in our system and letting it toxify our entire system. That's what an unwillingness for, to forgive will. Recognize that forgiveness is for you. It's about you. It's not about anyone or anything else. It's about you. And if you really want to heal and move forward, you need to be willing to give yourself the gift of forgiving yourself and then forgiving anyone else that you're directing emotion out to because then that frees you up emotionally where you're not having to have your emotion dispersed and going these all these different directions but you can literally, literally literally, look within and say, now that I have this emotion, now I have this energy available, what would I like to feel and create instead? And I'm willing to bet that each and every one of your loved ones would want you to use that emotion to create happiness, to create love, to create joy, to create possibilities and go after your dreams in life. Does that make sense? Does anybody have questions about any of this specifically? Is this helpful? If you're watching the replay of this, be sure to, if you have questions about this, comments on it, post them in here. I will circle back around and answer them, address any of them. Again, play around with this from a very open mind and open heart. I encourage you to do so. It really can be transformative. If you haven't taken the Healing from Loss course, yes, I really, really encourage you to check that out. And I think the forgiveness process we run through in the third or fourth module, it's it that in of itself is worth the price of admission. It's that big of a game changer. Otherwise, I think that's what I have for you all tonight. You've been listening to Healing from Loss, the podcast. If you found value in this, please subscribe, rate, and review it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment and share this with someone who can benefit from it. Until next time, carpe diem, live this moment in honor of your loved ones.